All right. Allies and enemies. We've been doing this for, this is week four. We've talked about two enemies and one ally. So tonight we're going to talk about the second ally in our life. Whenever we think about our lives and how we uh, carry ourselves and the struggles within our lives, the things that kind of tug at our hearts and pull at our hearts, there's allies and enemies that either hurt us or are for us, right? Um, so 2 Timothy 3, 10 through 16, we find that ally number two is actually scriptures, all right? And we're going to kind of dig into, into that tonight, but let's open up in prayer first, all right? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for this night. Thank you for uh, the pizza that we've had and um, the opportunity just to get together and have a good time, God. And I pray that you just be with us over the next 20 minutes to learn something about you and to grow closer to you. And, and God, I pray that you would just touch our hearts tonight. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, so Carson has started this new thing at our house. Um, and he's getting older, so you kind of knew this type of stuff was coming, you know, kind of the smart aleck attitude type stuff. Um, so Carson's getting a little bit older, and, and we, you know, have started asking him to kind of do some stuff, like, for example, clean the kitchen, you know, help us clean the kitchen, clean his room, um, you know, whatever it may be. But here's this new thing, all right? Carson, you need to get up and... Get ready to take a shower. And he continues to play Xbox. And I say, Carson, Carson, get up. You, you need to get ready to take a shower or do homework or whatever I'm doing, asking him to do. Carson, get up and take a shower. Carson, I hear you. <laughs> he does that. <laughs> That's serious. And it's almost as if he, he knows that we are griping at him in, a, in the tone of our voice, but he believes that we are griping at him because he's not responding and we believe he doesn't hear us. We understand that you hear us, but why aren't you doing it? Right? Like, like, he clearly hears us, he hears what we're saying, but he's not doing what we're saying. And you can, you can kind of parallel that with your, your everyday life, with your walk with Christ, because we know what the Bible says, we hear what the Bible says, we come to youth, you hear what the youth pastor tells you about the Bible and how to talk to people and how to treat people and, and how to act in in front of people and how to carry yourself. We know exactly what the Bible says, but we fail to respond to the Bible. Just like Carson, he hears us. He hears what we're saying, but he's not responding. He's not taking action on what we're asking him to do. And we do that as Christians every single day of our lives, right? There's some things that we listen to. There's some things that we like. There's some things that we're comfortable with saying, yeah, the Bible says that I shouldn't do that. But then there's certain aspects of our lives that we say, well, the Bible says that, but really it's kind of outdated. You know, this is 2016, 2017 now. It's outdated, man. You, that's old school. But it's, it's not outdated. All right, so here's the big idea for tonight. 
Knowing and applying Scripture will prepare us for the battles and trials we face in our Christian walk. All right, so knowing and applying Scripture will prepare us for the battles and trials we face in our Christian walk. So we're going to start in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10. I'm on the wrong page. I did that big thing, and then I'm on the wrong page. All right. Now you followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, perseverance. And again, this, this is Paul, okay? This is Paul writing a letter to Timothy, okay? So this is Paul speaking straight to Timothy. Like Paul was basically Timothy's mentor. He was his spiritual father in a weird kind of way, all right? Now you followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, perseverance, persecutions and sufferings such as happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. That's encouraging, right? Like, did you get that? Like, hey, be encouraged. Live for God. You should be like me and live for God, and you're going to be miserable as you're persecuted. Y'all can laugh. It's okay. Don't fake laugh. But evil men and imposters will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All right, number one. Number one. Scriptures free us. Right? Scripture frees us. Like if you're taking notes, Scripture provides freedom to your life. Scripture, scripture guides you to a path where you are free in Jesus Christ. Like, we think that we're being free. We think that, you know, you see all these marches. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's my body. You can't tell me what to do with it. This is my entitlement. This is my safe space. This is my uh, whatever, right? And we think that that's freedom, but truly, freedom comes in Jesus Christ. Freedom comes from reading your scriptures and knowing what Jesus Christ is doing for each of you. And we see that here. I love how Paul goes straight to a memory that he knew it would strike a nerve with Timothy. Right? They had this really close relationship. It, I remember when um, Pastor Rocky first became my pastor at our, at our previous church. And, and believe it or not, we didn't necessarily get along. Like, to be completely honest with you, I did not like Rocky. <laughs> right? I mean, it's okay. It's okay. He knows that, <laughs> right? We had a rough relationship to start with. At, at first, Rocky wasn't my biggest fan. <laughs> You've heard him talk about that. He literally wanted to fire me at one point in time, <laughs> right? But, but God guided our relationship, and now we have a really strong relationship. We're able to, to be there for each other. We're able to love each other and care for each other because God, what God has done in our relationship. 
right? Rocky is one of my best friends. Rocky's someone that I look up to, that I lean on. But I remember when we first started working together in ministry, he told me this. He said, I want to be your Paul, right? Like that's, that's what kind of relationship Paul and Timothy had. He said, I want you to be Timothy and I want to be Paul. Like, I want you to grow and learn from me, and I want to be there for you in everything that you need, right? And that's kind of how we built our relationship. So this is, in a lot of ways, like mine and Rocky's relationship now. So, I mean, get this. Paul, Paul brings up these memories that would probably be pretty tough for Timothy because Paul's someone that Timothy loves. Paul's someone that Timothy cares about, who Timothy really looks up to. He says, look, look at all I've been through. You remember that? You remember what that felt like? Like you can expect that in life, right? He's reminding Timothy that you will go through things in life, and sometimes those things in life stink. Like sometimes those things in life are no fun, and those things in life are hard, and those things in life are, are stressful. And as you get older, you start learning these things. You know, some of you have experienced those things. Maybe you've lost a friend. Maybe you've, uh, you know, you, you've had parents go through a divorce. Maybe you've struggled with making friends at school. Maybe you've struggled with getting along with your parents, whatever it may be. But, but Paul says, listen, these things are going to happen, right? It's a constant battle within yourself. Sometimes Carson, and this is kind of one of my favorite things that he does, because I know that he, he's learning in these moments, but sometimes he'll do something, and I'll say, Carson, did you do this? Like knowing for a fact that he did whatever I'm talking about, but I want, you know, I'm trying to teach him, you know, be honest. You know, sometimes he gets a spanking for, for doing certain things. But then sometimes I tell him, I say, listen, you're not going to get a spanking as long as you're honest with daddy. So I say, Carson, did you, um, I don't know, steal Savannah's gum? And you always know if he did because he's got this look. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, like I'm trying to figure out what to say. Like, you can tell there's this internal battle going on with inside of Carson. He's like, wait, do I tell him the truth or should I lie about it? I feel like I should tell him the truth, but I don't really want to, right? And you can tell he's struggling. Well, that's what happens in our everyday lives. And, and look at Paul's instruction in verse 14. He says, you, however, continue in the things that you have learned. In other words, how do we apply that to our lives? Whenever you come to that stumbling block, whenever you come to that obstacle in your life, um, that's like Paul telling you at this moment, hey, you remember what the Bible says about that. Like, you read your Bible and you remember what the Bible says about that. You remember what Jesus Christ told you about how, how he came to love and save you. Remember what God says in, in, all through the book of Psalms of how he loves you and how he cares about you and how he, he longs to be with you, right? He says, you remember that. Even through those tough times, you see, Scripture gives us freedom, I saw this illustration, and I thought it was pretty cool. It's like a sailboat, right? So like, like when you've got a sailboat, the wind pushes the boat. The wind provides the, the power for the boat to move, but the wind can't take control of the will for, for the captain of the boat. So the captain, it needs the wind, but, but the wind can't do it all for you, 
right? So, so in that comparison, our life is like the boat, and we are the captain of our life, and we're steering our life, but I want to encourage you because it's so much easier. You're going to get where you need to go if you allow the Scripture to be the wind that pushes you. If you allow the Scripture to guide you, like it can't take over your life, it can't make your decisions for you. You've got to make those decisions, but, but those decisions are a lot easier when you know Scripture. See, because Scripture is your ally. But then the second one, and I only have two points tonight. Yeah, all right. Did you do the amen? Nice. I like it. Number two, Scripture empowers us. All right? So number one, Scripture frees us. Number two, Scripture empowers us. Look at verse 16. I love this verse. All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training, and righteousness. Right? So let's break that verse down. Okay? So Scripture is profitable or first of all, is inspired by God. See, that's important for us to understand because if we don't believe that, if we don't understand that, if that's not the case, if that's not true, we have no business being here tonight. We're wasting each other's time and we might as well go home. Right? Because Scripture, yeah, God didn't literally sit down with a pen and write, write the Bible out, but what He did, He inspired um, godly men. He, he moved through godly men. He let them use their abilities, their uniqueness, their own personal traits, and they wrote the Bible according to God's inspiration on their lives. So you've got to understand that if, if Scripture is going to empower you, you've got to understand that the, the perfect, um, most powerful, most high God inspired Scripture. But then, look what it says. It says it's profitable for teaching, all right? So, Scripture provides a complete body of divine truth that helps us to understand what our role is in life as a Christian. Like, if you read Scripture, you know exactly what your job is, what your duty is as a Christian, and that's primarily to spread the good news to all the four corners of the world, right? Like, that's where we came up with reach at and the arrows pointing all different directions because we're not here just to be within ourselves. We're here to minister to all the people around us, right? So it's profitable for teaching. It says it's profitable for reproof. Scripture exposes sin for what it truly is, right? You want to know why you struggle with sin and temptation so bad? You want to know why you, you can't seem to get over that single temptation in your life? It's because you're not reading your Bible. You're not able to expose that sin for what it is according to Scripture because you're not reading your Bible. If you read your Bible, you see that and, it, and it's glaring at you and God speaks to you through the words and God says, listen, um, Kylie, this is wrong. Stop doing this. And Kylie's able to respond and react in a different way. Right? So scripture is profitable for reproof. If you really want to expose sin for what it really is, learn to read your Bibles. The next one, it says it's profitable for correction, right? Like the term here for correction is actually referencing like righting a wrong, like lifting something up that fell down, 
like picking something up that, that, that went bad. You see, once you have exposed that sin, Scripture then guides you to living in a way to prevent that sin from reoccurring in your life. Like so often we repent of our sins and we ask for forgiveness for those sins, whatever that thing is that you struggle with, right? Like, like some of you, maybe it, it's looking at, at things on the internet you shouldn't be looking at, right? Like some of you, maybe it's talking about people in a way that you shouldn't be talking about people. And then you come to church and God convicts your heart and you repent of that sin and you're really good for a week and you feel really empowered by God and, and, and the Holy Spirit and, and you're strong for that week. But then that next week comes and you give in to that temptation and you wonder in your head, like, why do I keep doing this? Like, Why does this keep happening to me? Why do I continue to, to give this to God and then I go a week, maybe I go two weeks, and I do really good with that thing, but then I give right back in. It's because you're not using Scripture for correction. You're not using Scripture. You're not continuing reading Scripture, right? We go to God. We look to Scripture for guidance after we've messed up, but we don't continue that path in order to prevent that sin from reoccurring in our lives. You see that? Then next it says, this is the last one, profitable for training in righteousness, right? Scripture not only provides correction and rebuke, but also pours positive feedback into your lives. It's almost, it's the same idea as referencing training up a child. You know what I'm saying? Like Emerson just recently learned how to walk. Y'all have seen her kind of wobble around. Sometimes she'll kind of fall over. Sometimes it's funny, sometimes not. But Matt, what would that do to Emerson if she's learning how to walk and, and, you know, one day she takes a step. I remember when she took her first couple of steps and me and Brandy kind of argued back and forth and I said she kind of fell and happened to move her feet a few times, but she said they were steps, right? Um, but then next time she gets up and she takes five steps and then the next time she gets up and takes seven steps and then the next time she gets up and takes nine steps but then falls down, what good would that do if I were like, you idiot, what's wrong with you, Right? Like, that wouldn't be any good, would it? Like, would that make Emerson feel good? Would that help her? Would that encourage her to get up and start walking again? No. Right? Like, when you're raising a child, when you are trying to teach your kids, you can't always harp on the negatives, even though it feels like to Carson, we just gripe at him all the time. Sometimes you've got to focus on the positives. Hey, Carson, you did really good at that. Like, you did a really good job. That was a really good try. You see, God's doing that for you. God's not harping on every single mistake that you make. Are there consequences for your mistakes? Yeah. But sometimes I, I believe in all my heart God's saying, listen, you did really good on that one. Like you did really good. That was a really good try. Now don't get up. Give up. Get, get up. Try to make it 10 steps this time. Let's see if we can make it 20 steps. Because sometimes the Bible pours a positive feeling in our life and that feeling, that, that positive vibe that we get from Scripture encourages you to get up the next morning. Like sometimes some of us, you don't feel like getting up. 
Because if you, when you get up, all, all that's going to happen in your life are your parents are going to be arguing. Then you're going to go to school and, and sit through a class that you're struggling in. And then, and then you're going to go back home to angry parents again and then have homework to do and just to get up and do it again tomorrow. You see, but, but if you read through Scripture, if you live that life, it can seem like your life is going nowhere. It can seem like you have no hope for your life. But if you read Scripture, you learn that God loves you and God cares about you and God wants you to have a bright future. And whatever it is, that thing you're going through, it's not, it's not to bring you down, it's to, to strengthen you. And it's for you to look to God and lean on God and use Scripture as that wind that's pushing your sailboats. Right? Because Scripture can have a positive impact on our lives, but it can't do that if you don't read it. You see that? I posted on Facebook this, this week, and I was kind of praying about, I was at work, and I was praying about this week's service and stuff, and, and this thought popped into my head. And I thought about how we're so influenced by everything around us, all the music around us, the people around us. We, we act like our friends that we're around. We talk like our friends. We laugh like our friends. We, we're influenced by every aspect of our lives. So how can we expect to be like Jesus if you spend no time with Jesus? Right? How can you expect to be able to live a godly righteous life if you're never in God's word. That's important. Look, I'm going to read this to you and then, then we're done. I thought this was pretty cool. Federal agents don't learn to spot counterfeit money by studying the counterfeits. They study genuine bills until they master the look of the real thing. Then when they see the bogus money, they recognize it. In the same way, when we focus on the truths of Scripture, we'll be able to spot a lie of the enemy more clearly. See, too often our argument is, well, I've got to get out there to reach certain people, but you're not experiencing the truth in God's Word. And until you learn what the truth is, you can't spot the, the, the lie. So I want to encourage you, read your Bibles. It's not always fun. Right? Sometimes it's boring. Sometimes it makes you sleepy. But read your Bible. Try. Like, try your best to read your Bible. If it's five minutes, man, pick a chapter. Like, start in James chapter 1. Right? Like, James is an awesome book to give you some guidance on your life. Like, tonight, tomorrow, go home, read the first chapter of James. It'll take you, like, five minutes. And then pray about it and let God speak to you. And you'll notice the power. You'll notice the strength that comes through that time. Everybody lock up. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you once again, God. I pray that you would just uh, help us as we go throughout our, our lives. God, help us to um, have a desire to read your word, God, that, that we'd have a desire to uh, want to learn about you and what, what, what the Bible says about our lives and, and uh, living for you. And um, God, I pray that you would just uh, be with each student, God, as they go to school this week and, um, you know, that they would be a positive example to their friends. 
uh, even when it's hard to get along with people or maybe it's hard to um, put up with certain people, God, that we would have a positive attitude and that we would reflect you in mercy and in all of our actions and all of our words. God, I pray you'd bring us back Sunday morning. God, I pray for uh, Ken um, as, he, as he tries to come back and teach. God, I pray that you'd just be with his, be with his chest and his heart and, uh, you know, that he'd, he'd feel okay and he'd be able to come in and, and teach a good lesson on Sunday morning. And, and I pray that we'd all be here to eat some Bojangles and, and support Ken. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.